You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear this ad. Because with Chime checking account features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts, or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams? What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's great to be here, as always, with all of you. Before we get started, I want to remind our new listeners to be sure to stay with us during the breaks, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of women leaders. Um, Our corporate partners bring news from their industries every week, and we continue to be so very grateful for their support. If you're interested in learning more about our watch team and how you can be a part of the show, feel free to email taylor at womentowatch.net. That's taylor at women2watch.net, N-E-T. And now I'd like to welcome to the show Mariah Tanner. Mariah is the CEO of Star Harbor. Welcome to the show, Mariah. Thank you so much for the invite. Oh, it's great to have you. We're going to start with with the beginning, you know, your upbringing and your family. And I just wanted to say at the top of the show, I'm so impressed by your story um, for several reasons. And um, I want the listeners to know that you grew up in a small town in, in California. Um, you had what I would describe as an upbringing where perhaps the grownups didn't do their job. 
Um, <laughs> some of them. Some of them. Right? Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. Um, and it started, this is, you know, a very big part of your story and I'm sure very impactful when you were little, about the age of four or five, um, your dad kind of disappeared from your life. And my first question was, what did that feel like for you at that age, if you can remember that at all? Um, yeah, actually, I do remember. I, I remember the the day, actually. Um you know, he had come to, to pick me up for a, a visitation that had been unplanned. And my stepfather, you know, said I couldn't go with him because he knew nothing about it. And when he, you know, gave me a hug and, and, you know, said, you know, I'll see you again. I, I remember it very clearly because I, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was not going to see him again. And, uh, and that's actually mm-hmm. what happened. I, he he left and never heard from him or saw him again. So it was, um, I mean, obviously it was crushing um, because it it wasn't something that I discovered over, you know, many years of not seeing him, you know, in that moment. Um, yeah, I I knew, and it was it was devastating. And then the you know the, the remaining yeah. years was was just trying to figure out why. Right. Right. Why? Why? Um, Also, um, alcoholism was prevalent within your family. And I think if you know any family, which I think probably all of us do, um, or read any book about children um, of alcoholics, there's a very deep effect. And I wonder if you could describe for me how, how it affected you to have some of the loved ones, you know, within your circle, the adults struggling with that. Sure. Um, so my mom uh, was fantastic. You know, she was always loving and supportive and, you know, everything, you know, like I, well, I won the mom lottery in that, in that regard. Um, however, uh, she had a, a a, a terrible habit of picking terrible partners. <laughs> that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. reasons for that, right? If yeah. there's definitely reasons for that. Absolutely. So I would I would say, you know, the the impact was not necessarily feeling like home was always a safe space. You know, because with alcoholics you don't necessarily know what you're gonna get in your interactions. And so that was definitely challenging growing up. And that was, uh, you know, with my, both my stepfather and and then later my, my stepmother. And so from, you know, six and until I was well into adulthood, you know, it it was always a crapshoot, you know, what you were going to get when you, when you got home. Right. Well, one of the, you know, when I said at the top of the show, one of the things that impresses me so much about you is that um, at a very young age, you had, you know, I'll say kind of an aha moment where you just decided um, who you were going to be. And I think that that takes most men and women a lifetime. Um, I'm going to share this quote. You said one day in sixth grade, After a particularly brutal emotional beating, a switch flipped. 
So in addition to your kind of insecurities at home in school, you were that kid you describe as, you know, not the mainstream typical. Um, and of course, kids, as they do, they, they make fun of the ones that aren't following everybody else. That to me is amazing for a girl at probably you were 11, maybe, or, or 12. 11 or 12 that, yeah. Yeah. To, so where did that um, come from? That decision right there and then for you to say, um, I'm no longer going to care what other people think. Uh, you know, it was an idea that my mom had been drumming into my head since the bullying started. You know, I was very shy. I was very tall, red haired, freckle faced, you know, so I, I was definitely the outlier uh, amongst my peers uh, in that regard. And. And it had been going on really since I would say the first grade, you know, kindergartners are still pretty sweet. <laughs> right. Right. You know, but I, for the most part, for the yeah. most part, you know, but around uh, first or second grade, you know, the bullying started and it, it just got worse over the years. And I, I would come home from school, getting off the bus, just in tears, you know, the majority of, of days after school. And my mom was, like I said, she was very loving and supportive and, and she would tell me, you know, like, stop caring what these kids think, you know, they're, they're not, they're important in your world right now, but they won't be forever. She just kept giving me the, you know, we, we know who you are and we love you. And that's all that matters. And it was years of hearing that. So finally, this one day I was just like, you know what? I, I, I'm done. She's right. <laughs> She's right. She's right. Yeah. 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 But th so to me, when I was reading that, I thought, gosh, that's the age where we're just, we have no sense of self and we're always looking outward to, um, what our peers are saying and doing and how they're behaving. Um, so I think that's, you know, kudos to your mom mm. for, for however she delivered that message to you. It really Absolutely. stuck with you and, and worked. Absolutely. Yeah. And then in high school, I, I enjoyed being the outlier and the further out I could go, the better. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. If you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with Mariah Tanner, the CEO of Star Harbor Space Academy. And we're going to go into our first break. And when we come back, um, we'll follow up with Mariah Stay with us for our watch team and we'll be right back. Now the women to watch. Finance Watch. Finance Watch. At Penn Community Bank, we're committed to giving you the tools and resources you need to succeed financially. Are you having trouble paying your credit card bill every month or feel overwhelmed by the weight of your loans? Debt happens. Not all debt is the result of frivolous spending, though. In order to take some important steps in life, you'll often find yourself having to borrow some amount of money, whether it's for a new home, car, or for college. Regardless of its purpose, it's important to know how to manage your debt so it doesn't become an issue. Debt consolidation is a strategy to help manage your debt by essentially combining it all, leaving you with one single payment and an overall lower interest rate. Worry less about missing a payment while replacing your multiple high interest debts with one single loan of a lower interest rate. While lowering your interest rate and number of monthly payments, you will likely see a boost in your credit score. This is because you'll be reducing your credit utilization, or how much you're borrowing in comparison to how much is available to you. Take even more weight off your shoulders by setting up auto pay for the monthly balance due. Consolidating your debt is one way 
to make managing your finances easier and save you time, money, and stress. Take a look at your own situation. Be aware of the risk, like added costs and fees and tricky payment timelines, and make the right decision for you. To learn more, visit PennCommunityBank.com. Penn Community Bank, here we are and here we grow. Women to watch. Sports watch. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Jen Welker, and you are listening to Sports Watch. Too many times people look at the highlight reel of your life and they don't see what happened in the dark. If you're going to make it to the bright light, you're going to have to take some L's. And as a matter of fact, doesn't, doesn't life start with L? So that means you have to get through it to get to it. As, as a person who played sports, like I have won championships, but the Super Bowl that I will never forget was the first one I ever played in, and we took the L. And you know what? I learned a whole lot about it. I learned I never wanted another team to catch me off guard. I knew I wanted to be the most prepared athlete that I could be, and I hadn't felt that way going into that game. And, you know, I wonder sometimes if we'd have won that first Super Bowl, if I would have had the passion and perseverance to go on to win four or to play long enough to win two gold medals. So let's just put it really simply. Life, it starts with L. You've got to get through them to get to it, right? Follow me and all my adventures, or you can say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking this evening with Mariah Tanner, the CEO of Star Harbor. And um, Mariah, I know that you went to UC Berkeley initially to pursue a degree in, in politics and economics and soon realized um, that was not the direction you wanted to go. Can you... Do you, was there an aha moment for you? Can you remember, um, you know, something that happened that you thought this is not really where I belong? Absolutely. I space has always been my my love and my passion. You know, from literally my first moment. You know, a lot of kids, you know, want to be a doctor, a lawyer, scientist, whatever. I I knew I wanted to be in space. I wanted to be an astronaut. And that never really wavered until I was in high school. And I noticed this phenomenon, you know, when you're a kid and you say you want to be an astronaut, people are very supportive. That's great. Go for it. You start getting into high school, the conversation changes to, well, what's your backup plan, right? Mm. You know, what are you going to do if you don't get selected? You know, there's only a few people who get to go, you know, so it's not really smart to put all your eggs in that basket. And so when I was, and, and I lived abroad for a year in Japan when I was in high school as an exchange student. Mm -hmm. And I decided that trying to make a difference in the world was really important. And it seemed that politics may be the way to do that. So when I went to UC Berkeley, I was a PEIS major, political economy of industrial societies. And I just never really connected with the program. I could do the work. It just didn't speak to me. And so mm. I, I struggled through a lot of my classes and, <clears throat> and, and 
they weren't easy. And so finally I was, I was a semester away from graduation and I was, you know, complaining to my mom that what am I going to do with this? I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. And she was like, Mariah, what do you, what are you doing? Space is your thing. I, you really need to go back and, and, and do what it is that you love. And so, uh, that day I broke out the calendar, our calendar, the, uh, course catalog and the only degree that fit within the units I had remaining to me was physics. So I decided to be a physics major. Which is one of the <laughs> toughest majors, I think. Yeah. I actually right? had no idea what I was getting myself into because I had never taken a physics class in high school. Um, it was an entirely new topic. When I sat in, in the class for the first time, in the first lecture, I really didn't know what I was uh, signing up for. Fortunately, you know, as as fate or luck would have it, I absolutely fell in love with it and I was good at it. So it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Tell, what was your first exposure to space? You know, what, what inspired you or interested you? That's a good question. I, I really don't know. I, I can remember being fascinated with it from the moment I discovered that there was something above us and around us. And, you know, and I, I loved the, the images of earth from space and astronauts floating amongst the stars. And, but I don't think there was ever a moment where I decided that I loved space. It just a curiosity. It was so ingrained in, in, in who I was. Mm -hmm. And I, I, th I think it was more a curiosity to me how people weren't fascinated by it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a great question. And, you know, tell me if you ever felt I don't belong there because it's historically a male dominated field, right? There certainly have not been a lot of women in aerospace and sure. I was really fortunate. I was born in 74. So when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, that was right in the height of the Sally Ride era. Yeah. Um, and she was definitely a role model for me and, and somebody that, you know, and, and my mom, I speak about her a lot because she's been extremely formative in um, who I've become, but, you know, she would say, Hey, if she can do it, you can do it. Mm. And, and I always believed her, you know, when she would say those things. And so it was yeah. like, I was, uh, I was excited to follow in her footsteps. What did your mom do? My mom was, uh, in her, uh, twenties, she was a model. She was the max factor girl in the, in the sixties. Wow. Um, or one wow. of them anyhow. Yeah. And then. She went into, um, well, then she had, had me and she was a mom for a while and, and, and then my brother and so stayed at home. She did do a lot of marketing and, um, and then got into art and she's really been into, to art sculpting, um, and sewing and, and creative outlets, uh, really for most of my uh, teen and adult years. So you, you probably have that creative, um, side of you from your mom. I like to think so. It uh, doesn't have a whole lot of, of uh, really great uh, outlets of expression, but <laughs> I, 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 I do enjoy it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So tell me, I wanted you to kind of talk about your um, initial years out of school. Um, you spent with Northrop Gumman um, Space Technology. What what was the most exciting thing about landing that job as an engineer? Sure. Out of So I finished my degree in astrophysics and really, I assumed that the only path forward into the space program was to become a PhD scientist because it was either that or a military pilot and I didn't choose that route. So uh, I had been offered an internship working on a, uh, a space telescope, SIM, space-based interferometry mission. And they had said, you know, the lead engineer might actually get to fly on the shuttle with the telescope. And we think that there's a possibility you could be that person. So I was like, sold, done. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can speak more to that, but it was uh, it was a very very exciting opportunity. Well, you seem to to me to have um, a sense of uh, bravery. Definitely, there's there's a brave side to you, and is that something that you've worked to to have? You know, was is there some kind of um, d- desire to prove that to yourself that you were brave, or, or was that innate? I think that that was definitely something that I had wanted to prove to myself. And, and frankly, in my early years, I wanted to prove to my dad, uh, even though he wasn't around, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to be, right. I, I think the message that I had was, you know, I wanted to be so good at what I did and do so many things that, you know, if one day I ever met him, he would regret the day he ever left. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gosh, you know, that's, I, I think so much of of, of who we are is directly tied to our mom and dad, right? And depending on what that beginning looks like, no matter how successful we become or how old we become, there's always those those thoughts. Absolutely. And yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that, you know, so openly. We're going to go into our next break and we'll be back with Mariah Tanner, again, the CEO of Star Harbor. Stay with us for our watch team. Now, the women to watch, military watch. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. In the United States, there are close to 2 million military-connected children whose parents have served since 9-11. 
So many of these kids have experienced the worry and stress from the frequent absence of parents due to multiple deployments to combat zones. And tragically, many have suffered the grief and trauma when a parent or guardian does not return. To help military children cope with the death of a loved one, the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, or TAPS, is the nation's leading organization caring for the families of America's fallen heroes. TAPS offers support programs for children and teenagers grieving the death of a military family member. Led by caring professionals in the fields of child development, grief support, mental health, and education, TAPS Youth Programs provide safe spaces for military children to be supported in their grief, but while also experiencing fun, adventure, mentorship, and camaraderie. TAPS also relies heavily on volunteers to help support their events and mentorship opportunities. If you're looking for a worthy cause to support, consider donating your time to our nation's youngest heroes who embody resiliency, strength, and hope. As we close out this year's Month of the Military Child, see how you can help by visiting TAPS.org. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm speaking with Mariah Tanner this evening, and she's the CEO of Star Harbor. And I should probably ask, what is Star Harbor for, you know, many of the listeners who are not familiar? We've been talking about space, and I'm sure they're curious. Sure. So Star Harbor is a project, a business that uh, I started with uh, a couple friends about nine years ago. Uh, we've been working at this for a while, and we're finally, finally just getting out of our startup phase. And while I, I can't disclose too much because we're getting ready to make our big announcements in the next couple of weeks, I can say that, uh, you know, we have put together this remarkable project that really stands to influence the future of space uh, and those that are going to be traveling to it in, in the commercial arena. And... It's an incredibly huge opportunity and honor to be able to to work with the people that I do, uh, taking on the task that we are, which is really to utilize the resources and the, the creativity and technologies that are being developed for commercial space to make life better here on Earth. You know, I mm. I am. A, a wild advocate for climate action. Uh, having having you know studied planetary science, I'm, I'm very very concerned about the direction that we're headed in uh, as far as climate change goes. And so for me personally, creating Star Harbor is an avenue that we believe will really be able to affect change. I wonder if you can talk more about that, because I think it's really fascinating, the idea that the more we explore and know about space, um, places outside of our planet, um, the more it will help us know, understand, and make, you know, living here better. So talk about that a little bit, you know, in in what ways? Sure. You know, there's knowledge, which I, I, I think is extremely important to to who we are as as humans and and the will to explore and all of that however there's a lot of very practical solutions that are being developed as well for instance 
you know, we're working with a couple companies that are looking to create farms in space because we're not going to be able to, you know, take cows and pigs and chickens and whatnot, you know, on these first missions. And so we have to be able to generate our own food stores while we're, you know, on orbit for months or years or, or off planet on the moon or Mars in particular. But those same technologies that allow food to be grown in space are technologies that we can be using here on Earth, vertical farms and, and other technologies that really allow larger volumes of output of healthier options for the planet. Um, you know, animal food production is is a major contributor and so we need to be able to find alternatives to sustain food production and and the impacts that that has you know on on life on earth so that's just one example but there's there's many um you know the around energy production and utilization um being able to to rub uh, scrub co2 out of the air you know, there, there are so many different applications that if we can expand them and develop them further, that we can use them here at home to really make a difference. I'm curious, Mariah, if you've had, um, there's always a debate um, on where money should be spent, right? And there's, there's probably people mm-hmm. that have the opinion that um, to do this kind of exploration and work and is critical. Um, and then there's folks that say we shouldn't be spending money in space, excuse me, space exploration, but rather other projects here. So what do you say mm. um, with regard to that? Sure. One of the best quotes I, I ever heard, and I don't know if, if Charlie Bolden was the first to say it, but it was the first time I heard it. And uh, he said, no money not one dollar has ever been spent in space. Those are all jobs, and uh, that is an economy that happens here on Earth, mm. you know, for utilization right. in space. But those are engineers, scientists, um, technicians, mechanics, et cetera, et cetera, that are here at home, you know, and these jobs feed those families and, and, and you know, feed, feed our economy. Right. So, so from that standpoint, you know, none of it is wasted. And mm. I would argue that the technologies and products, as I just mentioned, that are being designed for space, you know, have a much greater potential for impact here on Earth than most people are are aware. Mm. Um, it, you know, in launching Star Harbor, that's, again, any entrepreneur, right, or founder is taking a risk and a leap of faith to do that. What has been the most challenging other than, I guess, fundraising? Um, <laughs> what what comes to mind to you? Like, oh my gosh, this has been the hardest part of this for me. Uh, so certainly fundraising is always a battle. And, you know, definitely I, I think that there are some unique challenges that we've had being a, a female-led company just in general, but also a female-led company in an extremely male-dominated space has has created some additional challenges. However, um, you know, when we first started, the idea of of building an astronaut school was was looked at as as 
pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, right. Now the industry and the public has caught up, so it's it's less so. But there were a lot of say, sideways looks that we got when we when we first put Star Harbor together. Right. So. I bet. Um, listen, we're going to go into our our last break. Uh, stay with us for our watch team, and I will be back with Mariah Tanner. Now the women to watch. Marketing Watch. How to get buy-in and launch your creative ideas. Hi there, my name is Diana Barnes, or DB as most people call me, and I'm the Chief Brand Officer and Creative Director at Munchkin, the world's most loved baby lifestyle brand. Today I want to talk to you about how to get your leadership team to buy into your creative ideas. Brand building is essential to creating a business that stands the test of time. It's also one of the hardest aspects of business to measure and quantify. So how do you convince your leadership team to greenlight a project or a campaign that doesn't directly drive sales? Here are my three tips. First, think like your CEO. Imagine you're the CEO of your company. Ask yourself how your project supports the business. Your answer does not need to be tied to sales to be important. Does your request help position the company as a leader in its industry? Maybe it improves customer experience or boosts brand loyalty. Each of these contributes to the success of a business. Number two, timing is everything. Does your project require $50,000 that isn't in your budget? Part of creating a successful pitch is developing a successful plan and that includes budgeting. If your idea is costly, find out when your company begins budget planning and arrange to make your pitch during the beginning of the process. And last, be flexible. My experience dealing with nuns and rock stars well prepared me for working with CEOs. My best advice is to know your facts, especially the math. Have the answers and expect the unexpected. Think about what in your plan can change to meet the requests of your leadership team without sacrificing your goal. Be flexible and be willing to work with your boss to give them skin in the game and a stake in your idea. I use these three tactics to get buy-in from my colleagues on Munchkin's executive team and our board of directors to launch Stroller Coaster, a parenting podcast. We've become trailblazers within our category, and the show was ranked among the top 2% of shows within Apple Podcast Kids and Parenting category in our debut season. You can listen to it at strollercoaster.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. See you next time. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show, and thanks so much for uh, being with me this evening. I'm joined by Mariah Tanner, and Mariah is the CEO of Star Harbor, which is, I guess you described it as an astronaut school, which is very cool. And, um, I, you know, one of the things I read about you is that you really did most of the recruiting for all of the people that are on your team. Two questions I wanted to ask you with regard to that. What do you look for in people who you want to bring on to be a part of this? And, and what kind of questions do you ask in order to, to find that out? That's a good question. I, I've been really fortunate that um, the right people have shown up at the right time in this process. You know, and I, we look for, you know, rock stars in in our field, but even more important than that is, you know, what what drives people? We're not looking for folks who who just need or want a job. That that's easy. We're looking for people who are really looking to make a difference in the world. 
you know, the, the, the passion and dedication that those individuals bring to the table when they feel that their personal contribution is making an impact is really special and it has created a, an extremely unusual and powerful team dynamic. We have done a thousand thing, impossible things, <laughs> you know, over the last uh, few years in particular, things that. Which by the know, way, when did you start? When did you, what was the first year when you um, we, began We formed this? the company in 2013. 2013. Yeah. Okay. So in May, next month will be nine years. Mm. And I would say, you know, we, we had formulated a, a vision for what we wanted Star Harbor to be and the impact that we wanted Star Harbor to have. And, and that is really what recruited the, the folks that we have on the team. And we have an absolutely stellar, no pun intended, team of individuals. And I'm really honored to have them on this journey with me and you know, every day we're, we're excited about what's being created. So. Yeah. How about how many women and, and what's the ratio of women and men involved? Uh, that's a good question. I know we have more women than men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think we're probably around the like 60, 65% women on the team uh, threshold and, you know, which in, in our industry is unheard of. When I was at Northrop, I was in a department of about 60, 65, and, and there were, there were two of us, uh, you know, three on occasion. Yeah. So it's, uh, definitely the ratios are, are very, very different at Star Harbor. Yeah. Um, listen, I wanted to mention, you're also a mother, a mother yeah. of two children. And I wondered, um, what do you hope most for them when you think about their own search of, of their place in life? What kind of things do you say to them um, about trying to figure that out? I really encourage them to do what it is that lights them up. I'm not interested in them doing what they think they should do or what they think, you know, would be the best job or earn the most money. I'm really encouraging them to follow their, their interests and their passions. I, I'm a firm believer that if, if you're doing those things that light you up from the inside, the, the money and the opportunities will fall out from that. I, I think we, we sort of have it backwards in, in our society. And, you know, we go after, you know, good paying jobs that end up making people miserable. Right. I agree. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and I have been, I have had this put to the test actually. So my, my son, you know, he's 14, you know, sort of typical teenage boy loves spending time on his computer games. And, you know, at, at one point, you know, wanted to be a gamer. And, and right now, if you're familiar with what's happening in the esports industry, it's very difficult argument to make that you, you can't make a living, you know, and it's going to go nowhere because 
there's ridiculous amounts of money going into esports, and you know these young kids are are. I mean, there was I think the Fortnite uh, uh, tournament winner got like six million dollars. Oh my gosh! Wow! Wow! Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. And so I I found myself sort of wanting to say, uh, you know, you need to go get a real job. I didn't. I stopped myself before the words came out of my mouth. <laughs> right. I need to go do something. We don't want to turn into our parents. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it was, I, I, I heard it before I said it, that this is the same kind of messaging that I got about how being an astronaut wasn't realistic. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, if this is what you want to do, then I want to see a plan, you know, like how, how are you going to take this seriously? And, uh, school is not an option. <laughs> like, like you're, you're still going to have to get your education. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, if this is really what you want to do and this is what, what makes you happy, then, you know, I, I will be there and help you be successful in it. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because there's, you know, pursuing your passion is one thing and sounds like the ultimate dream, but paying the bills yeah. is also necessary. And sometimes I think it's really hard as a parent to help, our children figure that out. How do they do both? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like you can do whatever it is that you want to do, but you have to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. You can't just run off and, and expect, you know, pots of gold to rain from the sky. Right. right. There has, there has to be plan. A plan. So, okay. You know, you, you want to be a, an, an actress, an artist, a, a gamer. Okay, fine but let's figure out how we're going to do that smartly. Yeah. I would imagine, do they think it's very cool, the work that you're doing? Oh, you know, I'm mom. <laughs> really? <laughs> Who runs an astronaut school? That... <laughs> I think that's a big deal. Um, yeah, actually, I, I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, they do think it's very, very cool. I, I think they don't necessarily understand or have an appreciation for just how unusual it is to be talking to astronauts and, you know, um, and other folks uh, that are very uncommon out there, you know, yet they, they get to interact with them on a, on a regular basis. And I think they, you know, to some extent, that's just the normal life for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, am, am I right? You're also pursuing a pilot's license? For yourself? Oh, I, I have. I've, I've sort of had to put it on hold. I was getting my rotorcraft license, my helicopter license. And uh, because of, you know, financial challenges of running a startup and also my, my team let me know in uns- no uncertain terms that I needed to uh, uh, put that on hold until Star Harbor was doors open. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> They don't want you taking any more risks until this no. is complete and ready to go. Well, listen, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm so impressed by your story. And, you know, I think we all have personal challenges in life. And when we're able to um, continue to move forward and, and follow our dreams in spite of that, it's always impressive to me. So I wish you continued success. And I hope you'll stay in touch Thank and let so us much. know when the, the full launch takes place. We absolutely will. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. And stay tuned next week for my interview with Elisa Brown. Elisa is the founder of a nonprofit called Polite Tumor. Have a great week, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.